Welcome to Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people that do amazing things. And today, after a lot of trying to make it happen, but COVID, COVID kind of messed things up. I'm super excited to have Titilaya Dedira in the Blackout Podcast today. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Well, so first off, I remember I saw it was a video. I don't even, it's like, I think it was a video, but it was more like a photo shoot of this lady in a bus. Do you remember? Yeah. That was the very first thing I saw. I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I don't, I can't even remember who shot the the photos, mm-hmm. but I remember that, you know, like your name was there, you did the thing. I was like, okay, I need to know this. Like, I love makeup. Um, and I just think it's a wonderful way to tell different stories because it's right on someone's face. So yes. let's start with that one in the bus. Okay. Like, what was the idea behind that? How did it happen? So I think I've always tried to do something for Black History Month. Um, before moving to Canada, that wasn't like a month that I think was recognized back home in Nigeria. So when I came here and I saw like it's an actual thing, I was excited. Mm. So even before that, I think I've had like a couple other things, sometimes just myself or like with I think a couple other people where we've actually done like some editorial looks for um, Black History Month. Mm. And I think that month, like I was just talking to the twins that like did the shoot Mm. and I really wanted to do something with both of them. And I found that story of Rosa Parks and Claudia Codet, I think is her name, Covet. I'm not really sure. but apparently Claudia had already like fought for the bus boy, um, boycott ahead of Rosa Parks, but everyone knows Rosa Parks. Rosa is a... So, yeah, so I really wanted to kind of tell that story. Like, you know, even though Rosa Parks is like the head of, I guess, the face of that movement, like mm. there was someone else there. Mm. Um, and it's one of the things that I learned as well. So I always try to like learn about my history right. that I wasn't exposed to. Yeah, you know, it's it's like, I guess, I'm Nigerian too, and growing up in Nigeria, like, it's not something you think about, because, you know, everyone is black, and, like, (laughs) this is home, but, like, moving, you kind of see that, you know, there's, like, history there, there's a lot of things that happened. Um, Let's talk about your move, how, what, why did you decide to move to Canada? (laughs) So decide is a huge word. I didn't decide to move. Um, (laughs) My parents actually like sent my sister and I here for school, which for a Nigerian, like, you know, that's a big deal. Right. Um, So my sister was already in Halifax. She was schooling at St. Mary's. um, And so it was just like the easy way to keep us together, Mm -hmm. which was easy in case like parents wanted to visit or things like that. So, yeah, I just started at St. Mary's as well after high school. Okay, okay, okay. And um, I, I got to ask, because, like, I have my own experience of it, but how was the first winter here? My first winter was actually, like, one of the worst ones I think we've had, because I came in 2014. Yeah. And I vividly remember, like, every Wednesday, classes would be canceled because we had a blizzard. <laughs> like, every, we had that one biology lab. And, like, every Wednesday, I was just like, I know this guy's going to send out an email. So, but I was, I think I was kind of prepared because we had a, like, my sister was here, so like oh, I was know, better kinda... prepared than someone who didn't have someone here. Yeah, mine was not <laughs> fun. Oh no! And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know, two two things that really stood out for me was like changing your tires 
and then having to drive in snow. Oh yeah. That's like a very different experience. Yeah, I didn't start driving until like 2018, so yeah. I was already used to the city and like. Right. So yeah, I was I was in, I was on residence when I first came. Yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, and what did you study? I did biology and forensic science at St Mary's. Oh, huh. interesting. But like. The switch, though, you did that and you're like, makeup. Like, is makeup something that has always been a part of you? Yes. So I won't call it a switch because I kind of do both of them at the same time. So, like, I'm right now I'm in school still. I'm trying to get my master's in occupational therapy. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) But I still do makeup on the side. And to be honest, like, I think it was just last week I was doing some research for, like, an assignment. And I found that some people use makeup as therapy. Oh. Which I think is really cool. Like, right. I had this light bulb moment in the library and I was texting my friends. I'm like, look what I found out. <laughs> it's almost like two sides of my life just came together. Yeah. But yeah, I think makeup has always been something that I've been interested in just to practice on myself. Like, mm. I've, I never thought like I would do makeup for people or anything like that. But like, I like telling stories mm. <laughs> and I like learning new things. So I found like, except from just doing makeup on myself to look pretty or anything, it was also like, being able to tell a story. Mm. So, yeah. Something, uh, you know, on your YouTube, one thing that stood out for me was that, um, and, and like, you know, if you kind of follow YouTube makeup people, they always talk about like skin tone for black people yes. and not getting the right makeup. Was that something you noticed? Yes. I think when I first started, and when I say started, like when I started, like, buying and doing makeup um i noticed that a little bit but like i would just i didn't even i know people used to say it on youtube but like it didn't dip until i actually went to the store and i'm Mm. trying to buy stuff and i can't find it there Mm. even till now that's one problem that i still face in like a city like halifax like if you go to a drugstore um there isn't a lot of like variety there for people Mm. of color and that doesn't necessarily mean that the brand doesn't have it. It's just like maybe people, you know, the stores don't think they sell as fast. Right. So they don't stock up. So I still end up buying a lot of my makeup online. Oh. Um, except I'm going to like a high-end store like, you know, Sephora or MAC. Then I can actually find a shade that matches mine. Mm. But for affordable products, like, yeah, still, no. It's crazy. Yeah. So, but isn't that what made uh, the artist really rich now? Because she like made all the makeup for... Who? Rihanna? Yeah, huh, yeah. Yeah, I think Rihanna definitely like, she definitely showed the other brands how much they were missing out. And I think a lot of brands since then have actually come out with more shades. Mm. The only issue with that is like when you see how affordable those things are, like I think a Fenty foundation, which I do have one and I love it, still cost about 40 to $42. Whereas like... If I was a different skin tone, I could go into Walmart and get like a foundation Whatever. for like 12 bucks. Right. So it's, that's the difference. There. It's like, it's not like there isn't any available. It's you just. You just have to. It's premium. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, but do you notice that that's changing? I think it's definitely changing. I think most brands, like especially with like Fenty Beauty, I remember then, oh God, everybody was calling out everybody like, hmm, see what Rihanna did. And she's an artist, like you've been in the business way longer. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, it's not like the brands aren't doing the work to put in those shades. Even like 
smaller companies or like actual drugstores in your location also need to do the work to actually stock them up there. Mm. If not, you just end up in that cycle where you're ordering online mm. or like having to just buy premium because that's what's available to you. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So does that like, you know, if you're say working on a client that's like lighter skin tone color, like does, I guess, does that affect prices when you're like, yes, oh. I think it does. Like, I mean, lighter skin tones for me is easier to find products because that's what's readily available to mm. me. Um, but like when I'm shopping for like darker skin tones, I find myself having to like either shop online or like go really far to find what I'm looking for. Oh man, that's kind of have to plan it. Okay, so let's rewind just a bit. Uh, you do forensic science, biology, and stuff, but like you're doing <laughs> this makeup on yourself, right? You know, yes. it's all good. And I'm guessing a friend is like, do you want to do it on me? But like, at what point did it become, okay, I'm just doing it for my friends to, okay, I'm going to make faces by TT. Okay. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember it was like, I, I can't remember the year per se, but I have a lot of like photographers as friends. Mm. We just met through like either church or just like in public somewhere at an event. Mm -hmm. And so there was this particular one, I don't know if I want to mention his name, but anyway, so this particular one, and he was running a shoot for someone, it was her engagement shoot. Mm. And he's like, she doesn't know how to do her makeup. Uh... I was like, okay. He's like, I'm going to send her to your house and you're going to do her makeup for engagement shoot. And bear in mind, she's someone who's lighter than me. Like she's, she's someone I, and I haven't worked with anyone before. So I was really scared. I was like, don't do this. <laughs> and he legit gave her my address, like, right. you know, my buzzer code, everything. And like within like an hour, she's at my house. Wow. And I can't send her away because it's like. She's already there. She's there. <laughs> at the time I was only filming videos for YouTube. Yeah. Doing makeup for myself. Mm. So, and it wasn't like they were the best videos or anything. But like, <laughs> Like sometimes I look at my old pictures and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. But then she's there and like, you know, she's actually desperate trying to like do her makeup for her engagement shoot. And I'm like, mm. okay, well, there's no way I'm sending you away not doing this. And so I did her makeup and, you know, they had the shoot and everything. I remember when she left my house, I actually texted my friend. I'm like, I'm so sorry for what you see on her face. Oh like, no. No, I legit texted him. And so I think... Two weeks later, like the shoot came out, they actually went through with like, you know, they did the wedding and I started getting like calls from people who attended the wedding and they're mm. like, oh, like, did you do the wedding makeup? I'm like, no, they're like, oh, but you did the engagement one. Like, yeah, they're like, oh, they want to book me to do their makeup for their event. And I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> sure. Bear in mind at this time, like, it wasn't like a concept that I was going to be doing this. So I didn't even have a kid. I didn't have anything. People who were doing makeup with me that time would bring their stuff right. and I would use it on them. So it was more like a friend just kind of showing you or like using your own stuff for you. Mm. But then over time, like, it was actually becoming a thing and like people were always reaching out. Like, I always say, like, I've never actually advertised myself as a makeup mm. artist, like even till date. Yeah. It's just always word of mouth. Like someone sees something I've done before yeah. and then tells someone else and then they reach out and then they tell someone else. And like, I feel like, yeah, I kind of got lucky that way. <laughs> <laughs> but then I opened up a page just so like I could showcase more of my work other yeah. than even like clients. Yeah. Even though I've gotten like, you know, some questions as to why I don't show clients. But I think it's just like, I really don't see myself like that sometimes, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, so like, um, you said you didn't have your kit then. Talk me through what you'd put in a kit. Okay, 
So I guess the basics are like foundation and concealer. So those are like more for your skin tones. And then there's the powders and there's the eyeshadows and like brushes. Um, yeah, just mm. the basics would be the foundation and the concealer. Though. Okay. So and now I come in, I'm a client. I'm like, okay, okay. do my thing. Do, do they ever like say I want this or do they just wait for you to like work on them? So usually I ask people if they already know what they want because mm. I've run into situations where I've tried to take creative control without asking. Mm. And I find that like no matter how good the look is, like that person won't like it because they have something else in mind. Yeah. So I learned the hard way. What like, happened? I think there was this lady like I made up and... Even when I was doing it, I was like, nah, you're doing a good job. I was like, girl, this, like, this is good. This is good quality work. And I was so proud of myself. Yeah. And like when I was done, she checked the mirror and she's like, she doesn't like it. Like, this is too much. That's Shit. too much. All this. I'm like, huh. Like, <laughs> and I think it was, it was, she was a mom to someone, like to a bride that mm. I was um, catering for. And I legit, like in my mind, I was like, on my wedding day, like whoever does my mom's makeup better does it like this. Like, I was so proud of myself. Yeah. But she didn't like it. And that's because in her head, she already had a look that she wanted. Yeah. And I just didn't think to ask because sometimes when I'm doing makeup for, I guess, older people, mm. most of them are just like, oh, I don't know. Just, you know, make me look myself. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just assumed that she was going to be the same. Mm. And, you know, I learned the hard way and I never assume. And I always ask people now, like, is there a look you're going for? Because then <laughs> we can try and work with that. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a ratio of people that are coming saying, I want this to people that just let you do stuff? Which one is more? I think obviously people that just let me do stuff are like a lot more. Mm. Um, just because some people or most people I think that hire me don't really do a lot of makeup like on their own. Oh, okay. So maybe it's just like a special event or things and they just want to look extra nice. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. As opposed to people who like do the research and find things and mm. then show me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what decides the type of makeup and the intensity, all that stuff you do on a person? Like for me or for them? For the person, like, you know, the client comes in, how do you decide, okay, this is kind of the look yeah. I'll go for? I think, it definitely depends on the event itself. Like, oh. I already have, like, a set... Like, in my head, like, if I'm doing something for someone's graduation or someone's, um, I guess, birthday, yeah. and they want this particular look, I yeah. already kind of know the look that I'm going to do if they oh, don't pick one. Okay. And that's just based off the event itself. So, mm. like, how, I guess, extreme it has to be. So, which event has the loudest, I guess you know, the most elaborate type of makeup. <laughs> I think bridal, like weddings would definitely be. Why? Like, and, and another thing is like, uh, most of those weddings is the entire day. Mm -hmm. Do you have to like kind of be there to top up or? So I think it depends on the contracts that people sign. So I have like a bridal contract for um, brides. And so some weddings, like we always assume it's like the entire day, but I've seen like different types of like, I guess, events, mm. weddings. There's some people who maybe it's only a civil wedding and so they only need me for an hour mm. or they only need to have the makeup on for an hour. Okay. Or there's people where like the wedding's in the evening and they're only going to keep it up for like a certain number of hours. Mm -hmm. I think I've only had like a handful where it's been the entire day and the contract has been based on me like doing touch-ups throughout the entire day. Jeez. Yeah. God damn. Um, <laughs> then when you started, you know, before you got your contracts and all these yeah. things, did you have issues with pricing and how did you solve that? 
definitely i think even now with like contracts there's still issues with pricing like mm. being someone who's not i guess i guess having your own business always comes with that where people try to mm. like negotiate yeah um the issue with that is like i got i think i personally got to a point where i had to value the work that i was doing right yeah. right and so i don't argue with pr- people about prices anymore i know at first like the issue used to be i said people would bring their own things and i'll use it for them and people would argue based oh well it's my makeup anyways so i solved that issue by getting makeup for everyone mm. so now even if you're telling me oh, i'm going to bring my foundation and we'll use that mm. i'm like that's fine like you can bring your foundation but i have mine <laughs> so like it's not really a matter of, yeah. like, because it's yours so that kind of solved that issue a little bit yeah. but then there was even the idea of just like oh makeup isn't something that should be that expensive mm. like the application shouldn't be, but it's you know it's at least an hour of my life every right, time right right and right. that's pretty expensive so what i did was i stopped arguing with people like if i tell you my price and you're not you know you don't agree with it or you can't afford it mm. i usually refer to someone else like at least i'm that good to like tell you okay there's this person mm. that may hear you out mm. but yeah i try not to like i try not to tweak my prices yeah i think you mentioning that something that comes to mind is that valuing yourself like i've you know put in the work i've done yeah. these things i'm using so i kind of know where i'm at and maybe we are just not the right fit exactly. right now exactly yes and i think recognizing that is very important because i know before i used to like i would break my back just to make sure everyone had my service mm. and i mean i guess it was good because again like i said majority of my accomplishments has been through word of mouth like i haven't really advertised myself to anyone ever mm. it's oh this person you know said this so maybe it was someone that didn't pay full price that told them <laughs> it's like i paid x and you're like eh, no <laughs> no but, like at that point it was like all business is good business but like i think as i've grown and you know even the time that i have now it's like okay well i understand thank mm. you but like maybe try this person instead here's the thing though you know uh you're nigerian you're in a different country you have friends and family like do you ever have that issue about the friends like just hook me up and stuff i mean not really oh, okay but that's like what i do for my friends so like because right. again and i think that's part of the value thing like i can definitely give you a gift or whatever but like if it's your birthday i'd rather like spend the time to do your makeup because i mean that's a certain amount so it's still mm. like a service that costs money mm-hmm. but then i also get to spend time with you as well mm. so yeah i don't know some are rushing into my head that that's a better gift than like buying things yeah but like i know if it's a certain friend like i will buy gifts if that's what they want yeah mm. <laughs> oh man um so what are, i guess what are some future plans here for faces by tt So I'm not really sure now especially with school and all like going on but like I said last week when I found out about makeup therapy I was mm. like off the charts like I was I was jumping in the library really <laughs> um but right now my plan is to get my license for sure like in Halifax or like whatever province I decide to go to mm. um I think that's important and just to learn a little more like I don't think I'm at that point where I've learned it all. Mm. And majority everything I learned was through YouTube, so it wasn't even like I actually had like a sit down. <laughs> okay, um, talk me through this. What did you find out with the makeup therapy thing? Okay, so I think what I was researching particularly was for older people with dementia, mm. um especially women, like they found I think 
their therapy for the week was their group therapy for the week was to take them to a salon and actually like teach them how to do their makeup mm. and so not only did it like elevate some of the symptoms of depression that they would usually have mm-hmm. um based off their illness mm. but then you also like made them look forward to doing that every week mm. so i thought it was kind of cool like i definitely like say by myself sometimes i used to say to myself like you know this is therapy and just because like i find that even though my life is super busy and i'm juggling a lot of things like that one hour that i sit down and go through this process is just me like mm. there's no one involved in that it's not a class it's not work like it's just my time mm. and I don't know if it's like do I grow up but having time and not doing anything you're like you're internally judging yourself. So <laughs> <laughs> at least this time where it's like okay it's not necessarily work but like you're doing something still yeah. like I didn't used to feel guilty doing my makeup for like an hour or two hours or three hours. Mm. So I'm like oh, you know what that's good. So I take that as like therapy time and actually seeing it as a thing that mm. like you know professionals are using yeah. in certain context. I mean I don't think America and Canada is there yet like this was a study in Europe so definitely they are more advanced um that way but I thought it was really cool and I'm like that's something that I would love to do like if I get the chance to mm. um and if like you know I become like an actual business business like faces by TZ I would love to do makeup therapy nice as actual therapy right right yeah hmm. so you know I guess something why did you decide to study occupational therapy like of <laughs> all of the things i i don't know honestly um i gave myself a deadline to go back to school mm-hmm. and that was this year so i was like if i don't go back to school this year i'm not doing school again mm-hmm. um and i had like a lot of other options like i was on the road to med school that was the whole point from like when i started was okay med school next But I was just looking at I'm like why do like I don't think I want to suffer that much <laughs> in this life like I don't think I want to suffer that much for the next couple of years. Mm. And so I think it was like December last year I found out about occupational I was actually doing someone's makeup. That's oh. funny. I was doing this lady's makeup and she's a doctor at the hospital and you know I tried to talk to my clients while I'm doing their makeup yeah. cuz I think that helps with like not letting them focus on every single minute of the hour that's counting down because mm. an hour is a really long time and you know you're doing all the makeup things so you and don't notice just, yeah. yeah but like when you're just sitting mm. so like I tried to like engage them in conversations and I remember I spoke to this woman and she's she's like one of the best people I've met so far mm. and she's always convincing any like you know African that she meets to to be a doctor And I think she tried to convince me. I was like, "Ma, like really, I'm not trying to suffer." Like <laughs> kudos to doctors like I love doctors, you know. I wanted to be a doctor, but now it's like I don't think I'm set up for that. Why? I just I just think it's a lot of effort mm. and it gets to a point where like you have to keep putting in that effort and like struggling, struggling, struggling and it takes a really long time before you can see the results. Mm. And I don't think I'm that patient to see like the results. So, not like I'm saying I'll quit or like I won't make it or anything, but I I just don't want to suffer too much before I start enjoying, you know? <laughs> but like I think that's what doctors have to give up is like a lot of them go through like those years in med school and residency. Yeah. A lot of time goes into that before they can actually, you know, see the outcome mm. of their struggles. Um But yeah, and I think I asked her. I was like, "Ma, like, is there anything else?" I I knew I wanted to be a healthcare professional, but I was like, "Ma, is there anything else like you know, HCP that I can do that isn't that stressful?" 
I actually set off a bunch and one of them was occupational therapy. I know I went back and I was doing my research. And I think the one I was most qualified for at the time was occupational therapy. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know what? Put in the application. I put in my application like five days before the deadline. Crazy. I know. I was like, <laughs> I just did it because I was like, let's not be like I didn't do it, you know? Yeah. And then when I got in, I was like, okay, now I'm going to have to learn to love this mm. profession, right? Because when I explain it to people, sometimes they're like, I don't know what that is. Even my dad, like, I'm practicing now, you know, the moment I can explain it to my dad, I know that that's an explanation I can use for anyone else. Mm. So it's like, I myself, I'm learning on the go. And I think it's like, just like what happened last week, I think it's very important to do that or like put myself in that shoe of like still learning about the profession that I'm now going to be doing for the rest of my life. Mm. So yeah. How do you explain it to him? So I told him, because anyone that hears occupational, so I was like, job? Like, are you working at work? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> so occupational therapy is pretty much like, as an occupational therapist, I'm helping people to do the things that they want to, need to, or have to do. Mm. So this is things like you're expected to do because of a role that you feel, or just things that you yourself enjoy doing, like your leisure activities. Mm. And coming in to see if there's any barriers to you doing that and trying to help you work through them. Hmm. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, it's really and that's, you know, that's one thing I think, uh, like, you know, mental health is really important. And some people don't think about it until something happens yes. that forces them to, you know, consider it. Yes. And I think that's important, too, because like right now, and funny you said that, because like we're doing a mental health, health class now. Mm. And one of the things that I think my prof said that sticks with me is like OT isn't something that you just use when something has gone wrong but like it can be preventative as well and i was like i never thought about that like oh not until like you're in the in the gulag before you need that help but like i think yeah it kind of makes sense you don't have to get that bad to like get the help right 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 yeah wow okay super interesting to talk to you um so like is i guess you know makeup now you know computational therapy something that kind of stands out is that you are helping people to like look or be the version, like how they see themselves inside. Is that something important to you? I think it is. And honestly, like until you mentioned that, like I just put two and two together and I'm like, that's actually what it is. And I think it's more of a subconscious thing. Not like, I mean, obviously Mm. I would like to do that consciously, but it's even more subconscious now where like, I'm just making decisions towards that anyways. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Titi's going to make me look good today. And then in a few years, Titi's going to make me feel Feel good good today. And like you combine the two. It's pretty neat, pretty neat. Okay, so uh, I'm going to let you go with this question. Okay. Um, You've done this a couple of years now. What are some things that you wish you knew when you started? Started makeup? Yeah. Um, Definitely like the value of just what it is. Like I said, it wasn't something I decided I wanted to do, like for lack of a better term, something that was pushed into doing. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with that shove. Like that was very productive shoving into doing something. But I would say like, I wish I knew the value of what it is that I had. Um, I started off on YouTube. I'm still on YouTube, not as consistent, Mm. but part of the like inconsistency I'll say I have is based off me not knowing how important it is. Mm. Like it's not until someone tells me or like I hear people saying, oh, like, you know, I was using your tutorial the other day for this, Mm. important event or important meeting that I'm like 
oh geez like maybe i should put up more tutorials <laughs> like it takes like yeah i think i wish i knew how important it was and yeah. it still is mm. and how like much impact it has on people um both people near me like my friends or even people that i don't know like now i walk into events and they're like i know you from somewhere and i'm like right huh where oh youtube <laughs> and i'm like oh okay that's that's yeah. pretty interesting yeah. um yeah and that's something that i think i'm still trying to like learn and appreciate every day mm. yeah. wow it is awesome talking to you thank you for you know coming on the podcast today and for sharing all these things and i can't wait to <laughs> uh, you know Come and get makeup and therapy at the same time. <laughs> no worries. Thank you so much for having me. It was nice talking to you too.